The preceding message is brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Stay tuned after this message for more information about Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. So this morning I'm going to be speaking on um, what I've titled Mind Matters. Mind Matters. And I want to kick off from um, First Thessalonians 5.23. I'll be reading the Amplified Version, 1 Thessalonians 5.23. And it says, And may the God of peace himself sanctify you through and through, separate you from profane things, make you pure and wholly consecrated to God, and may your spirit and soul and body be preserved sound and complete and found blameless at the coming of of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah. Hallelujah. Man is a spirit, he has a soul, and he lives in a body. And Paul was declaring in this scripture that it is so, so important that your spirit is whole, that your body is whole, and your soul is whole. Amen. When you experience God, when you get born again, it's your spirit man that gets born again. And that's why the Bible says in um, 2 Corinthians 5.17 that if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things have passed away and all things have become new. All things have passed away in his spirit. All things have become new in his spirit. The Bible also says in Ezekiel eleven nineteen, Then I will give them one heart, and I will put a new spirit within them, and take the stony heart out of their flesh, and give them a heart of flesh. So there is a perfection that comes into your spirit when you get born again. The Bible makes us know that our spirit man is perfect. But your spirit is not the only part of you. And Paul was saying, yes, your spirit should be kept whole, your body should be kept whole, and your soul should be kept whole. So your spirit man is sorted out. God has taken away the heart of flesh, and he has given you a brand new spirit when you get born again. Now, how about our bodies? You know, your body is the, is the, is the, is the part of you that you are most aware of. Because it's the only part of you that you can see. It's the only part of you that you can touch. Hallelujah. When you get born again, your body does not change. There's absolutely no change in your body. I don't know if there's anyone here that when you got born again, your body just turned from black to white. <laughs> God took away the black body and he gave you a white body. Amen. There's no change that happens in our body when we got born again. And one thing you must realize is that your body always tends to death. How do you know when someone has expired from this world? Your body ejects your spirit and your soul. And your body goes to the ground as lifeless. Amen. So for as long as you are on this earth, your body is going to be tending to death. And your body has got its own desires. Your body has desires. But what does the Bible tell us to do about our bodies? Paul's speaking again in 1 Corinthians 9.27. He said, but I discipline my body and bring it into subjection. Lest when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. So your body has desires. Your body wants food. Your body wants comfort. Your body wants relaxation. But Paul is saying here that you have to discipline your body. And you can't afford to allow your life to be controlled by those desires that your body ha has. Ultimately, we're going to get new bodies, transfigured bodies, transformed bodies, when eventually we meet Jesus. Like the Bible says in um, Romans, first, Romans 3, Philippians 3.20, it says, For our citizenship... Is in heaven, from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body, that it may be conformed to his glorious body, 
according to the working by which he is able even to subdue all things to himself. So when we meet Jesus, our bodies are going to be changed to the same kind of body that Jesus has. And the Bible also makes us understand that that's what happened to Jesus. Jesus Christ died the death of a man, of a natural man. He was buried. And by the time he was raised from the dead, he received a new body. And we will also expect that that will be our experience ultimately. Now, what happens to your soul? We've talked about the spirit. We've talked about the body. And now the soul. Your soul is comprised of, I mean, when we talk about the soul, we talk about your mind. We talk about your will. We talk about your emotions. We talk about your conscience. We talk about your memory. Your soul also does not get saved. Your soul also does not change when you get born again. But instead, the Bible makes us realize that your soul ought to be constantly getting saved. Constantly getting saved. James 1.21 says, Therefore lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your soul. So the word of God saves our soul and is not a once and for all event. And why is that so? So like I said, the, your spirit man is the only part that gets completely changed and transformed. But as long as you are on earth, your soul, your body is subject to the influence of the enemy as it were. And that's why the Bible says you can save your soul through the word of God. You can save your soul through the word of God. You can ensure that your soul, your mind, your thoughts, your emotions are aligned to God by constantly feeding on the word of God and constantly allowing the word of God to direct the thoughts of your, of, of your mind. Hallelujah. The Bible also says in Romans 12 verse 2, the TPT version says, Stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you, but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in his eyes. So you are a citizen of heaven, but you are abiding on earth. Your spirit man has gotten born again. And God's ideal is still that you reflect heaven, even though you are on earth. God's ideal is that you reflect where you are coming from, where your origin is from, even though you are on earth. And God is saying here, Paul was saying here in Romans chapter 12, that you have to ensure that your thinking is continually transformed. Your thinking is continually transformed. Your thinking is continually reformed. That this will empower you to actually live the kind of life that God wants you to live. This will empower you to reflect the God that is already resident inside of you. The glory of God that is already resident inside of you. As you transform your mind, you are able to reflect God the more all around you. Amen. So you can change your life by changing your mind and by changing how you think. Hallelujah. There is unlimited capacity within your spirit. Why? Because that's where God dwells. God dwells and abides within your spirit. And so there is no limit to the capacity of your spirit. Your spirit man is the part of you that connects to God. But then, because you are here on earth, everything you receive from God has to be interpreted through your soul and your mind. 1 Corinthians 2.11 says, For what man knows the things of a man, except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God, except the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, 
that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. So as powerful as your spirit is, as perfect as your spirit is, your spirit requires your soul for expression on this earth. God's plans are interpreted through your mind. Whatever you receive in your spirit has to ultimately flow through your soul. And so the more developed your soul is, the more developed your mind is, you know, the more you can give meaning to the things that God is laying on your heart, to the things that God is showing to you. Understanding that God is a God of all ability. God is the God of all creation. So the more of your soul and your mind that is developed, the better the output and the quality of your life. So you can have a, some, someone who has a perfectly developed spirit, but if your mind is not developed, there will be a limit to how much of God you can demonstrate on earth. There will be a limit to the quality of life you can experience. There will be a limit to how much you can radiate the glory of God all around you. Amen. You know, as, as believers... Obviously, your, 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 I mean, your, your spirit man is the most important part of you. And you should pay lots of attention to building and to developing your spirit man. But at the same time, you shouldn't leave your body and your soul behind. And that's why Paul said specifically, your whole spirit, your soul, and your body should be preserved blameless, ultimately. If you only pay attention to your spirit, how, how do you want to receive the big ideas that God is revealing in this time? If your mind is not developed, how on earth are you going to receive Elon Musk great ideas? Because it's not left for Elon Musk alone. These are things that God wants to reveal through you and I. If you tell a child and an adult to come together and you give both of them an instruction, simple instruction, draw a man. The four-year-old or the five-year-old, all that child can interpret with that instruction, maybe you should draw a circle, two dots, matchstick hands, matchstick legs, and one stick for the body. But if you ask a man to draw another man to give a picture of a man, Obviously, he, ha he, add, he can add, you know, more definition to it. I mean, show the face, the round face, give him, the man some body and all that. Now, again, if you take two men, perhaps one um, grew up in Akeson village in Remo, Ogun State. <laughs> and the other person grew up in New York City, asked both of them to draw a house. The person that grew up in Akeson village is the village houses that that person can produce. Whereas the person that grew up in New York City is used to seeing skyscrapers. So what he will produce is skyscraper grade. Two adults, but it's a function of how developed their minds are and therefore influences the output of their lives. 3 John 1, 2 says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. So the prosperity, the fullness that we experience in our lives is a function of how much prosperity in our soul. It takes a prosperous soul for you to prosper in all things. So as your soul prospers, as you prosper on your inside, then every other thing around you will reflect what you have on the inside. So your mind actually has the capacity to enhance the level of prosperity you're able to walk in, in life, and determines the level of prosperity that you can experience on a daily basis. You know, so, so many people are praying every day. There's no doubt about that. So many people are praying so many people are hearing the word of God, but why are we not producing the kind of results? 
Why are we not producing results that are in order of the things that we're praying? Sometimes it's a function of the capacity of your mind. Sometimes. Because the Bible says that we prosper as our minds and our soul prospers. So sometimes you need to check the state of your mind. Check the state of your soul to determine why am I not moving forward? Why am I not making progress in life? Why have I been on the cycle for so many years? There's, there's something that, you know, Dr. K has been saying consistently, that you need to raise your mind to the level of your prophecy. There are so many prophecies that have gone ahead of us, but you need to raise your mind to the level of the prophecies if you're going to experience those prophecies to the fullest. Now, let me talk about, um, there are many functions of the mind, but I'll just focus on, on two functions this morning. One function of the mind is that, is, is, is that of memory. So the mind is able to store the past and recall it at an appropriate time. So it stores events, it stores experiences, it stores, stores happenings, things that you have experienced in the past. It just keeps a file of everything. And at certain points in our, in, our, in, in our life, it's able to replay that. The second one is imagination. And that's basically the ability to replay the future. The ability to give a picture to something that has not yet happened. Something that potentially can occur in the future. Now, how many of us, well, most, I believe most of us are, most of us know, have seen the picture of an iceberg before. Can I just wave your hand? Yes, you've seen a picture of an iceberg. And what does an iceberg, what do you see when you see an iceberg? Basically, you see a mass of ice floating on the sea, floating on the body of water. Now, sometimes the mass of ice that you see might be large, very large, sometimes it might be small. But do you know that when you see an iceberg, what you see with your eyes is only 10% of the size of that iceberg. There's a lot of physics to it about the, um, the difference in density of the ice and the seawater. I'm not here to teach physics. <laughs> but what you see floating is only 10%. Meaning that under that iceberg, there is times nine of what we are seeing on the surface. That is not, you can't see with your eyes. Hallelujah. So only 10% of, of the mass of an iceberg is visible to your eyes. The remaining 90% is under the, the, the level of the sea. And you can't see it. And so where in, a, in an area where you have icebergs, it can potentially be very dangerous to ships. To people, you know, that, I mean, to the people that, I mean, um, ride on the sea that may not have done enough research before they plunge out. Remember what happened in the, in the movie Titanic? It was an iceberg that caused that catastrophe and the death of over 1,500 people. So because 90% of the iceberg is below sea level, it is important that people that operate around there, they pay more attention to what is not seen. Over and above the 10% that can be seen. And do you know your mind is like an iceberg? So there is the part of your mind that you use consciously. You can think, you can process thoughts, you know, the logical part of your mind, um, your, I mean, the things that you're thinking of on a, on a, on a, you know, on, on, on a daily basis, um, your reasoning, um, critical thinking, your willpower, short-term memory. Those are the things that you do actively with your mind. But can I tell you that those things are only 10% of the functions of your mind? Just 10%. The remaining 90% is what, you know, some people call the subconscious mind. So the 10% is a part of your mind that you can tell what to do and what not to do, where you want to go 
and where you don't want to go. But the 90% of your mind that you are not aware of is the part of your mind that works for you without you giving it instructions. It works for you without you giving it instructions. And so when we talk about the subconscious mind, we talk about beliefs, we talk about habits, we talk about intuition, that's where the seat of imagination and creativity is. That's where long-term memory is. Your subconscious mind. So it's working for you without your knowledge, without you instructing it. And this is where the greatest abilities of your mind dwells. This is where the greatest power of your mind dwells. So you're using only 10%, but there's another 10% that many people are oblivious of. And it's affecting the results of your life one way or the other. It's like, it's like the CPU, the processing unit of a computer. When you face a computer, you are, I mean, the only thing that you see in a computer is the screen and then your keyboard. You are typing, you are typing, you are typing. But there's something behind. There's an operating system behind that that is determining the response to what you are given. So what does the subconscious mind do? It processes information it gathers knowledge, it gathers information, no filters. So your mind never ever forgets anything. Your conscious mind might not remember it, but it's somewhere filed away in your subconscious mind. Everything that you see, everything that you experience, it just processes the data and then creates files and stores them away one way or the other. It draws meaning from the things that happen to us. So how is it that you just meet someone for the first time? You see someone and then you just form a view of that person. It's your subconscious mind that is working. Because there have been similar experiences, maybe people that came from um, a similar experience as the person that you have seen, and then you just quickly draw a conclusion that this is what this person is, wrongly or rightly. I was listening to one, um, a female pastor during the week, and she was saying, she was talking about, um, okay, she was talking about Pastor Jerezi. She said the first time that she saw him on YouTube, she just made up her mind, I don't like this man. She really hasn't, hadn't heard anything he had to say. She hadn't experienced him, but maybe just the way he does his ministry, he's a young man, I mean, the power of God. She said she just made up her mind that she doesn't like this man. And she was saying this in a program where she had then invited him to preach. Ultimately, after that, she had the opportunity to then engage with him, and she was apologizing to him. That's humility. But, I mean, so why do people react that way? It's things that have been stored in your life, things that have been stored, you know, experiences in the past, you know, information in the past that your mind has stored, stored up, that just influences the way you perceive other people, influences the way you choose to engage with other people. Hallelujah. And then you just form an opinion without having experienced the person. If a lady, for instance, you grew up in a home where your father consistently cheated on your mother. All your uncles, they consistently cheated on their wives. Those were the images that you were seeing. Those were the things that you experienced all through your growing years. Your mind receives all those information, all that data, all that experience, and then stores it. And by the time you get to the point where you want to get married, you already have the belief that all men are cheats. And so one way or the other, it, it affects the way your relationship with your spouse is. Because you've already made up your mind that because of all, I mean, your mind has already stored, you know, the data and information. That's all you saw when you were growing up. That, you know, men are born to cheat. And so you have, just, you have that form of view, that viewpoint concerning your husband. And so are, those are the kind of thoughts and, 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 and thinking patterns that cause women to go and start, you know, 
opening secret accounts, building secret house, because I don't know when my husband is going to cheat on me and going to leave me. And the man has absolutely no intention, zero intention of cheating on the wife. But that's her mindset. That's what her subconscious mind has replaced to her because of what she had experienced for so many years. Hallelujah. So repeated patterns, repeated stories causes your mind to believe something even though it may not actually be true. Even though it may not be accurate. I said before that your mind has no filters. So whether it's good, whether it's bad, your mind receives it. And your mind stores it. And your mind then replays it to you at some point in future. So what you allow into your mind repeatedly over time will be as absorbed as truth. What you allow into your mind over time on a consistent basis, on a, on a, on a repeated basis, on a constant basis, your mind will constantly, will automatically assume that that's true. And that's why the Bible says that you should guard your heart with all diligence because out of it proceeds the forces of life. So your past experience, they are stored up in your subconscious mind and your subconscious mind just then, you know, forms a pattern. And so whenever you find, you know, this situation and that situation and that situation together, this is automatically what to, act, what to expect. So your mind just searches through the file and then, you know, replays what it has stored. And then you just accept it as, okay, this is what ought to happen. Even though that is not what ought to be reality. So these deep-seated strongholds or patterns then causes you to act in certain ways. Causes you to act in certain ways. You know, many times what some people call intuition is just um, a result of observations that have been found in their subconscious mind over time. And so the mind just, you know, replace those things, you know, when they find themselves in similar situations, the mind will just replay back what has been stored. And sometimes even the emotions that are attached to those occurrences are then stirred up again. And they begin to act in line with that path. Even though that's not what their reality should be. The things that you experience today is equivalent to the mental images that have been created in your subconscious mind. It's equivalent to the images that you have developed over time. Amen. And you know that your, 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 your subconscious mind will always ensure that you stay in line with what has been stored in it. That your life produces what has been stored in it. Many of us have um, phones, and have you ever experienced when you're typing, you want to write, you want to type um, country, and then your phone changes it to character, or to correct function. That is what your mind can do. So you find your play, your, I mean yourself in a place that you are, you, are, you, are, you are trying to get a job, you are trying to do this, you are trying to do that. But because of pictures that have been stored in your mind, patterns that have been stored in your mind, your life consistently auto-corrects back to those pictures. If your background was one of, of, of failure, of defeat, maybe all through your life, what you heard about you is that you are a failure, you will never make it, you will never succeed. I mean, those things ha have become deep-seated in you. And when you're trying, you know, to make advance, when you're trying to make progress, your mind, because 90% of your thinking faculty is in your subconscious mind, those things have been stored and controls your entire mind, and those things just begin to replay in your life. And you're wondering why. And you're wondering why. Because that is what it will do. It wants to auto-correct your life. And that's why I said, it works for you without you giving instructions. And it's the same thing on the other side. If there's someone all your life you've been told, you grew up, you know, 
in an environment where you are told, oh, you are the best. You are, you are, I mean, you, are, you always have had words of encourage, encouragement from your parents. You are always told, no, I mean, you, I mean you, you can actually strive for the best in everything that you do. You are made for the top. Everywhere that person goes, because that has been deep-rooted in the heart, in the mind, in the subconscious, that person's life will always autocorrect for success. So your subconscious mind will want to keep you in the zone of the patterns that have been developed in your mind over time. Whether it's good or bad, it will make your life consistent with what has been stored. And that's why many times, you know, you need to sit down with yourself and find out what do I have stored within me in reality? Not just within my conscious mind, but what do I have inside my subconscious that I'm, I may not have been aware of? That I may not have been aware of all this time. And you know, the devil takes advantage of an unrenewed mind. He will always, that's where you find him operating. So he will always bring, bring those thoughts. He will always bring those suggestions that are not in line with God's word and, you know, that are marked to bring you down, that are marked, you know, to keep you in, the, um, I mean, in, in, in a limited position. He will always ride on that. That's how we operate. Amen. And so the Bible tells us in Colossians 3, 2, that you must set your mind on things above, not on things on earth. The operating word being set your mind. If you have to set, I mean, sometimes we, 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 we I mean, I, I like to use the word program. You can program your television. What do you want to see on that television? There are many things showing on the TV, but you can program your TV to what you want to see. If it's your radio, there are many stations on the radio, but you can program your radio. You can set it to the station that you want. It's the same thing with your mind. The Bible says that you can set your mind. You can program your mind to what you want your mind to ultimately play back to you. So until you fix those patterns, until you retrain your mind, hallelujah, those things will continually be your reality. Until you introduce higher thoughts. Now those things are a reality in your spirit, but you must understand that your spirit and your mind must work together. For you to reflect the fullness of God. Your spirit needs your soul, needs your mind to function effectively on earth. And so you must get your mind to be completely aligned with your spirit. If you are going to experience the manifestation of your prophecies. If you are going to experience the manifestation of your blessings. If you are going to experience the manifestation of your higher desires. You've got to get your mind to fully align with your spirit man. Hebrews 5.14 says that strong meat belongs to them that are of full age. Even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. You can exercise your senses. You can exercise your mind. Because there are times that you need to ask yourself, why? Allow yourself to think possibilities beyond you. You know, when God gives you a vision, that vision must be something bigger than you. You know, there are times that I've had, you know, desires dropped in my heart. They were not my desires per se. They were desires dropped in my heart. You know, and obviously bigger than me. I knew that, I mean, because it's bigger than me, it's got to be from God. You know, but I realized that you know, you've got to get to the point where you can actually embrace that vision. And the more you stay on it, the more you allow it to stay in your mind, the more you allow it to, to fill your mind, you know, the more that you would realize that this indeed can be a possibility in my life. Many people, they are allowing themselves to only roll around things that your mind can accept today. If you don't stretch your mind further, if you don't allow yourself to go beyond the boundaries and the limitations of your mind, if you don't raise your mind and stretch it, I'm going into this new level. You are never ever going to break through into that level. 
So first of all, you've got to be able to see it and capture it in your mind before it becomes a reality in your life. You know, many times where we declare God's word, we confess God's word, and you're wondering, you know, why, why am I not seeing results? Perhaps sometimes that word hasn't really moved from your conscious mind to your subconscious mind. And that's why Sunday, Sunday, merecine is the bane of a lot of believers. It's not enough to hear the word of God on Sunday. Because there are things getting into your mind every single day of your life. Things you haven't asked for. Things you may not desire. They are filtering, they are finding their way into your mind. And your mind is storing them. And that's why you need to consciously reprogram your mind. And it's an everyday effort to retrain your mind. It's an everyday effort, you know, for your mind to get filled with those pictures, with those visions, with those dreams. And not just your conscious mind, but until it becomes a pattern in your unconscious mind. Many of us can recall how we learned how to drive. You were told the story. You start your engine, you move. Okay, we learned with stick. <laughs> with the stick, um, with the stick gear. Yes, you start from gear one and then move to gear two and, you know, gear three and, and all that. When you, eventually, you initially start out, you know, you are so conscious about the fact, oh, when do I move to gear one? Oh, when do I use this? When do I use that? Because you are just learning the ropes. But at a point of time, at a point in time, after you have done that over and over again, it becomes an unconscious reality. You don't think about it. You've gotten used to it. The emotions have been stored in you. You don't have to think about, oh, okay, when do I move the gear? When do I do this? When do I do that? It has become a learned action. Amen. And that's why Philip said that, you know, you must learn to exercise your senses. Exercise your mind. When you start out initially, it might be inconvenient. That's what happened with Abraham. You know, God told Abraham, Abraham wants to meet God. I mean, Abraham's reality was a servant in my house was going to be my heir. And God told him, no, I have something better for you. And God took Abraham out and said, you know, look at the stars. If you can count the stars in the sky, if you can count the grains of the sand on the seashore, that's how your descendants would be. And so Abraham had an image that he kept before him. He kept before him until that image became so strong in his heart. And the Bible says that he got to the point where he was rejoicing. He was rejoicing because he knew it was a reality. He knew it was a reality. Hallelujah. So you need to tell your mind long enough. Long enough until it can rebuild a pattern that will auto-correct your life for success. And you can't get to that point. When someone says, I cannot fail. You know, it doesn't mean that the person will never get, may never get to the point where he writes an exam and he scores 30%. It might happen that way. But for someone who has developed that consciousness of the fact that I cannot fail, even if he gets a score that is 30%, that reality is so strong that something will have to change that will ultimately reflect the fact that this person indeed cannot fail. Maybe the, the mark might change. Maybe it might be cancelled. Maybe another door opened somewhere. It can be a thousand and one things. It can be a thousand and one things. But because there is that rooted belief, that rooted assurance in his life or his, or in his mind that I cannot fail, whatever happens in his life has to autocorrect to reflect the fact that no, we cannot fail. We cannot fail. There are many people that are struggling, you know, that are trying to break out of things, you know, but your life is autocorrecting you back into that place. And so you need to change that pattern. 
When I find that my, my phone is giving me what I don't want, what do I do? I go back to where it has stored it and I delete it completely from there because I don't want to see it again. I delete it. And that's what you need to do. And it's not a one-day exercise, but it's a continuous exercise. And it's not done until you get to the point where it becomes an unconscious reality. Sometimes we are still struggling with it. Sometimes, you know, consciously, yes, you can believe, okay, yes, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Oh, yes, you know, God favors me. The doors of favor are opening up unto me and stuff like that. But your unconscious mind, your subconscious mind has not received it. And it's still arguing with you. And it's still arguing with you. So you must get it in front of your mind long enough. Because sometimes some of those images... Contrary images, contrary experience, experiences, they have built up over time, years, unconsciously. And that's why you need to consciously then program your mind for success. Program your mind to receive your prophecies. Program your mind to walk in your blessings. Program your mind to experience the fullness of God. Program your mind so that it automatically autocorrects with God's word and it sides with your spirit at all times. Glory to God. 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 10, verse 4 to 6 says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ, and being ready to punish all disobedience, when your obedience is ultimately fulfilled. Being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is ultimately fulfilled. It says casting down strongholds. And this is not only done in the place of prayer. It says that you have to take captive every thought. Taking captive every thought addressing every thought in your mind that is not aligned to where you want to get to. You must take that thought captive. And how do you do that? It's by replacing it with what you want to see. If someone is telling you, if your mind is telling you that you are a failure, what does the word of God say? He that is born of God overcomes the world. He that is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world. So I am an overcomer. And you need to keep programming it and saying it and exposing yourself to it until it becomes a natural pattern. Until it becomes your natural way of thinking. Glory to God. Philippians 4, 8 says, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, Whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue, and if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Meditate on these things. If there is anything true, whatever is true, whatever is of good report. So these are the thoughts that you should allow to permeate your mind on a conscious basis. These are the thoughts that you ought to fill your mind with on a conscious basis. Your mind is a war zone, if you don't know it. Your mind is a war zone. Amen. So, I mean, the devil wants to plant thoughts, negative thoughts that are going to pull you down. But you've got to determine that, no, these are the thoughts I'm going to allow to build patterns in my mind. These are the thoughts that I'm going to allow to fill my mind. These are the things that I want to control me. This is the way I want my life to be autocorrected for success. And so you begin to plant those words. You begin to plant those thoughts. You begin to plant those images. You begin to paint the pictures in your mind over and over and over again. So you can't afford to stop at, I'm just confessing the word. Uh, that word must get into the depth of your being. That word must get to the point where, you know, it becomes an unconscious reality in your life. So I know that many of us can relate to that. There are several areas of your life, I mean, if there's still a toggle in your mind, if there's still a struggle in your mind, that word hasn't taken root. That word hasn't taken root. Jeremiah 
Genesis 11:6 6 says, And the Lord said, Behold, the people is one, and they have all one language. And this they begin to do, and now nothing will be restrained from them which they have imagined to do. Nothing will be restrained from them which they have imagined to do. They painted a particular picture in their minds, and they started to play back that picture on the outside. Because that picture had become so strong on their inside, even God said nothing will be restrained from them, which they have imagined to do. What are you allowing to be so strong in your mind now? What are you allowing to take root in your mind? What are you allowing to dominate your mind? You can't afford to play in the zone of, okay, it will just happen. It will just happen. I'm a child of God. It will just happen. But there's warfare for your mind. There's a war going on in your mind. And who is going to win that war? Who is going to win that war? Because what is deep-seated on your inside will ultimately, one way or the other, replay on the outside. It will replay on the outside. And so you've got to consciously change the operating system. What are the things that you want to see? And how badly do you want those things? How badly do you want to see things change? How badly do you want to stretch forth? How badly do you want to increase? How badly do you want to manifest everything that God has laid out for you? How bad do you want to see those promises and everyday reality in your life? It's by reprogramming your mind. Don't let your mind fight against you. Don't let your mind be a hindrance to you. Don't let your mind be a limitation to the things that, want, that God wants to do in your life. But raise your mind today. Train your mind, like the Bible says. Renew your mind. Allow new thoughts to permeate your mind and not just to permeate your mind, to take root in your mind. Allow new thoughts to control your mind. Allow yourself to begin to dream of things in the word of God. To imagine things in the word of God until they begin to take over you. And when they take over you, nothing on earth will stop the manifestation. Nothing on earth will stop the expression. But many of us have not gotten to that point where you allow that word and that reality to take over you. And there's another reality that is determining what is happening in your life. But you will make up your mind today and say, I will program my mind. I will program my life for what I want to see. I'm not just going to allow another software to be operating in my mind, in my life. No. If you don't like the output that you're seeing, then you have to uninstall that software and install the program that you want to see based on the results that you want in life. Hallelujah. So some questions that I want you to, to ponder on this morning. What hidden patterns in your life have been controlling you? What hidden patterns have been determining unwanted results in your life? You might have known this, you might not have known this. But when you sit down and you take stock and ask God to open your life, God, open your, your eyes, God, what patterns have been stored in my life that I didn't know about and have been replaying in several aspects of my life? What are the barriers that you have built and permitted in your mind that have been holding you back? What are the things that you have just accepted one way or the other? This is my lot in life. This is my lot in life. I don't think I can go beyond this, 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 this level. Let me be satisfied with where I am now. What are those barriers that you have just unconsciously placed, that have unconsciously placed a box and a limitation around you? What limitations in your mind do you need to break? What limitations in your mind do you need to break? 
What areas in your life do you need to consciously stretch into something new? What aspect of your life do you know that? No, this is not where I belong. This is not what God has ordained for me. I need to get into something new. I need to put in the effort. I need to put in the input that will endeavor that I get to this place because this is not where God wants me to be. What new programs, what new ways of thinking, what new patterns do you need to install in your mind? Many times, I mean, there are times I find myself, okay, I want a solution, you know, I want a, something to make my life easy, you know, and I go and look for an app, because right, I mean, these days there are apps for everything, and so I just go and look for an app, which app can do this, which app can, app can do that, which app can do that, because it makes my life easy. So what are the new programs and new thought patterns that you need to install in your life for where you want to get to, for where you believe God is taking you to? For the prophecies that have already been declared over the house. And you know that if I continue along this path, there is no way I will experience this. And God is going to be showing you the things that you, or he wants you to do. God is going to be showing you the areas that he wants you to make those changes. And I trust that someone is going to respond to God this morning. Let's rise on our feet. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. I just wanted to talk to God. You know, I believe that God is, is causing light to dawn upon someone's heart. I believe that God is causing someone to come alive like never before. What aspects of your life do you need to make change? Do you need to, to reprogram? What areas of your, of your life do you need to reprogram your mind to ensure that you can walk in the fullness that God has ordained for you? I wanted to begin to talk to God and to receive his grace. And to receive his help because I believe that there is help from God today. There is help from God today. Your mind has been, going, has been holding you back but God is saying no. Your mind ought to be your companion in destiny. Your mind ought to be working with you. So what areas have you been allowing your, yourself to be limited in your mind? I wanted to receive grace from God this morning and receive his help afresh. And ask God to open your eyes to, to see the areas that you have been oblivious of things that have been happening and things that have been, have been causing your life to go in unwanted directions. Causing your life to autocorrect in the wrong direction. The preceding message was brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. We are located at Kingsword Auditorium, Etel Avenue, behind NNPC Filling Station. First Bank Bus Stop off Kudarat Abiola Way, Argun, Lagos. Email kmiafrica at kingsword.org. Telephone 234 810 00640.